Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to Dan 1132. It's good to be here with you once again. This is episode 82, and it's a special episode for me. I'm actually very excited about this episode because I think that what we're going to talk about in uh, in the following time is extremely important, and it's uh, a message that I want to get out to my listeners and to my viewers, and I really do hope that you pass it on as well because I think this is... Uh, yeah, this is one of those cultural issues, one of those issues in our society, which is uh, highly important and not just for Christians, but for people in general. And uh, I have with me today Jim McMurtry, and I'm just going to uh, give a brief introduction of Mr. McMurtry. Uh, Jim McMurtry was a teacher at W.J. Mowat High School in uh, Abbotsford, B.C., uh, and uh, just a little bit about Jim. He has a master's degree in history of education. He has a PhD from the University of Toronto. So he's got some letters behind his name. Uh, and PhD in the philosophy of education. Uh, and he was formerly principal of Neuchâtel Junior College. And most recently, uh, he was teaching at W.J. Mowat in Abbotsford. And Jim, it's very nice to have you with me this afternoon. Well, it's great to be here with you. And I thank you uh, for taking the time to do this. And what I was wanting just to start out with is just to get right into it and, and uh, tell me your story. Why is it that you are in the news? Because you have been in the news. Uh, you've made it to the Epoch Times and the American news outlets. And uh, what's happened to bring you onto the, the news scene? Yeah, I woke up on Saturday morning to see a, a big picture of myself over top of a letter to the editor. Um, National Post by my wife. So they're, I'm getting a lot of attention in many newspapers and podcasts and, and uh, interviews and so forth. There's people that broke the story about me were rebel news. I wasn't wanting to go to the media. I was trying to hold on to my teaching career. So what happened to me is I was fired, um, you know, a week and a half ago. And and it's not very often a teacher gets fired um, in Abbotsford or anywhere in Canada. Um, for anything outside of criminal activity. And, 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 and of course, you know, that happens in any profession. There are some people who, you know, commit crimes. And, and so um, with me, it's a, I was fired over historical disagreement. And the part that's most egregious for me is that I was right and they were wrong about the history. Right. Now, how long have you been a teacher? I've been a teacher for over 40 years. All right. And, so you've, uh, you've got a little bit of experience in the area. Yeah, even when I was at uh, the time, it was a college lecturer. I was principal of this that school, Nishida Junior College in Switzerland. I've, I've done other things, and uh, but mostly teacher, and um, and and uh, and over a long period of time. And I also have done a lot of things outside of teaching. You know, hanging out with kids, coaching, theater, um, environmental clubs, and 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 most closest to my heart, charitable events. For I introduced in Surrey, and I think in all of. British Columbia games, special games, um, sports days for you know, children with disabilities called the Orange Games and the um, and the AIM Games and and so I you know I feel I've had a good career and, and don't deserve to be a fire teacher. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and after 40 years of experience with all of those things, that's exactly what happened to you. So most recently, you were working as a what what should I say a supply teacher or a, a substitute teacher at W.J. Mowat. Yeah, they use the word TOC, meaning teacher on call, but it's exactly what you're saying. 
So I got myself into trouble in the school because I, I, I think there's something happening in our school, which we'll have an opportunity to, um, to go into, I'm sure, a little bit later. Um, but there is, a, and there is something new. There's almost a, a new religion in schools, a new cult. And, and it's not at all like Christianity, which is, to me, turning the other cheek and being full of grace toward others and so forth. I think it's a really nasty, dark cult. It's about indoctrinating children to gender ideology, into and to sexual deviancy, into and into thinking badly about their ancestors, into banning literature, even Dr. Seuss, as you know, and and Roald Dahl, who wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. There's just there's an onslaught in schools about anything to do with what we, we would call traditional education. Grades are disappearing. Um, you know, honor rolls, I'm sure you've heard about this sort of thing, late marks, um, can't give zeros, can't punish kids. You know, it's this idea that the school has been given over um, to, to not, you know, not to teachers and not really to students or parents, but that's the, the guys. I think it's been given over to the people at the top of the system, right in all institutions in Canada. And as part of their narrative, which is, I think, communist, the idea that all groups need to have the same outcomes. So schools are wrong and society is wrong, systemically racist and, you know, genocidal and so forth, because not all groups are succeeding at the equal rate. But we know communism doesn't work very well because of what happened in Russia. Starting in Russia with the more successful farmers, they were the kulaks, they were all killed. And then they collectivized everything and it didn't make for a better society, it made for a worse society. So I don't like this happening in schools. But my particular thing, is yes so I, I ended up feeling the safer place to be was a substitute teacher because i was at, at moet i didn't feel i didn't feel that i had the support and and uh, that i needed to be successful in the classroom and and the when the incident happened with me it was the first day the kids were back in school after the news broke around the world that there were 215 children found in a mass grave on the on the on, in, you know an apple orchard you know on the former residential school Indian residential school and which is right in the center of the reserve right in the center of the city of Kamloops so it seemed like a strange place for this you know mass murder which would be the worst crime in Canadian history to have taken sorry, place without sorry if I may interrupt just for a moment just about that, it being on the reserve, that's something that's very rarely mentioned in this story, if ever, that the actual residential school is located on the territory of the reserve. Yeah, it's not in the center of the room. It's a beautiful building, had a, sw ha has, had a swimming pool. The kids had sports teams, they had grad events, they had, um, you know, they had an infirmary, they had, um, you know, all reports were that they were well-fed. Um, most of them were able to go home to their, to their reserve on the weekend. And uh, it was still a residential school because some, some kids were, you know, were, came from afar. And, um, but it really wasn't a residential school in the sense of you know, being in the middle of nowhere. In fact, that's where residential schools happen because the government didn't want to pay for 24-hour you know, care of, of kids. But they, you can't provide day schools or you know, put Indigenous kids in regular Canadian schools if they're in a you know semi-nomadic band in the you know in the, in the in the prairies or you know in the far north or up in the mountains in British Columbia, so that's why residential schools came about as an, the only alternative imaginable um, to day schools for educating people. Only a third of all Indigenous youth ever uh, were schooled in residential schools. The average length of time was four and a half years, 
and a third went to day schools and a third were never educated at all. Right. And right there again, uh, right, right from the beginning, your, what you just said is actually, it's, it's, it almost becomes dangerous to say that a third, only a third of the students, uh, only a third of first nations children went to residential schools. And, uh, even in the truth and reconciliation, uh, commission and the reports and things like that, that point is if, if it's not uh outright denied it's very much downplayed yes and i and i just want to make this point you know because i don't want your audience to think badly of me um that i am concerned enough about indigenous communities that my master the title of my master's thesis was about you know the educational policy for our indigenous communities so i'm, I'm interested in the problem the person who's been closest to me for the last few years and, and among my friend group is part indigenous. So um, please don't, you know, I hope nobody forms the opinion that I in any way, you know, want to see um, the history taught in school that is, is unfavorable, discriminatory, or, or just simply, you know, and wrong with regard to how indigenous people, um, you know, lived in, in early Canada. But I, but I insist on the truth. So coming back to my story. So after the, you know, that, that report about, you know, all of these, kids bodies remains found in a mass grave not far from i was teaching in abbotsford which isn't really a long way from Kamloops. it was really distressing for the kids and they were really encouraged to 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 i think to almost become apoplectic or really emotionally anguished they were given red you know orange shirts the teachers were wearing orange shirts there's some kids even put on you know face paint and armbands and all anyhow it was just the whole school was together in this you know equivalent of in 1984 they, were, they had the um um, big brother organized two minute hate sessions where everybody just vented. And, and the thing that saddened me, you know, and this is the, the one, the one, um, if I may call you that, um, oh, by your okay. first name and, and, um, but the one thing that saddened me is that, um, you know, what was, you know, whenever you have a simplifying a story and, and, and we do that and, you know, I get it in movies and so forth in the old days, it used to be movies where the good guys wore, wore white hats and the bad guys, you know, dark hats. And, and so with kids, it's hard to be really nuanced and, and, and anyhow to, um, and layered in one's discussion. So there's that simplification. So the, the good people are, you know, the kids as they should be, you know, and, and they didn't have a chance to live a full life and, and, and everybody should be on their side. Well, well who's the bad guy then? And, and who, who did this, who ended their life, who murdered these kids? And the stories went on about it, you know, these deaths came about not just, you know, it wasn't teachers walking around with Kalashnikovs. It was, you know, it was putting them in incinerators. It was hanging them. It was putting in one girl said in my class, they put them out in the snow until they died. And uh, so these are all things being said in an, in an Abbotsford school. I was at Robert Bateman secondary the, the day I was doing it. I was teaching calculus 12 as a, again, an itinerant substitute teacher. And the principal had asked everybody and all the teachers to stop what they were doing and talk about the news about, you know, the, all these dead children in mass grave. So, so again, who was the bad guy? Well, the bad guy, bad guys were Christians and, and, and teachers. And that struck me in two ways. First of all, I don't think teachers murder their children. Um, I've never come across that. And I don't think it's good for one's reputation. Um, uh, but, but, but more seriously, it's, it's, uh, it's just not why people go into the profession to, to harm in any way. 
so I've never come across a teacher who, who has harmed a child. No, I, I know, you know, people say that that's the world we live in right now. You know, you say the wrong word and, you know, in this, you know, cultural war, then you're being harmful, but, you know, in, in real sense, you know, legal sense of hurting somebody that, that I've just never witnessed it or, you know, and, and, uh, and the second thing is the Christian thing really bothered me because, um, and, and, you know, I come from a Christian family, but, and, and I have four, two great grandfathers who are missionaries in Canada and two great uncles. And the idea that they were being referred to as murderers, you know, was difficult for me. And, um, and, um, but I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm an old guy. I'm a tough guy. I'm, you know, I can take criticism on my family, my ancestors and, 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 you know, find a way, you know, of responding to it, but I don't want to do that in the classroom. But then the, in the classroom, there were white Christian kids and I didn't think it was right to collectively punish them. It, so I was assuming at first that this was true, that, you know, that there are all these kids and the truth and reconciliation report, and it became a very political thing. And the leader was, a, you know, Murray Sinclair, a very activist leader, but he's talked about 10, maybe 25,000 missing and murdered children. So this has gone around the world because this is the, you know, the rumor that's gone around about Canada for the long time that we've created genocide. And on October 27th, every single member of parliament, including the ones from the Fraser Valley, um, all around, everyone in Canada, you know, the conservative leader, everybody said that Canada's residential schools were a genocide. Yeah. And those that, that were teaching there participated in it. And I, I hope I get an opportunity to say to your viewers, just say a couple of things to, to indicate that that's not true. But quite apart from that at this moment, just to make the point, Jim, that that's not the, it's not fair to tell children in the classroom that they're, that all their ancestors were monsters. I, I don't mm-hmm. think you should mm-hmm. visit the sins of, of anybody's ancestors or, or, or real or imagined. I think children have enough to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, with anxiety and, 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 uh, and, you know, ac- academic pressures and, and, you know, you know, puberty and like, there's just so many things that kids have a hard time. Poverty, you know, in our schools in Abbotsford, they, they got enough parents fighting at home, you know, whatever, and having no friends. This idea that they need to be hearing about all this, this, you know, this incredible mass crime against children and everybody making it into this sort of, you know, this, this oral virgin orgy of, 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 you know, of, of, of just in remarkable shame that we should feel about not just our answers, but our country. So I, I object to, to what was happening in lots of ways, but all I said was the kids died from disease because I knew that because I, you know, I'm someone who's academic and has many, and many publications. And I studied this, that, that, you know, that, so I, again, I apologize for saying that much, but the, um, but I think it's an interesting story. No, that's quite all right. That's, I mean, that's, that's exactly why we're here uh, to discuss this. And I'm wondering if you've, you've actually seen the Dorchester Review. I, I have been asked by the Dorchester Review editor to write an article. Okay. I haven't got around to doing because I've been so busy um, after being fired and trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. But right. Well, I knew it, it well. It, in, in the, in the latest, in the latest issue, there's an article, uh, <laughs> the big headline is indigenous fraud and pseudo history. And underneath that two thirds did not attend. 
so that's that's the first the first article. So two thirds of of uh, indigenous children did not attend uh, residential schools, and and what they talk about is is that what we're seeing in this entire truth and reconciliation process is neither truth nor reconciliation. Uh, so there, and and that really, for me, and when I hear your story as well, is and as someone who's also studied history, and I spend a lot of time studying history still, is the idea of truth in history, is so very important because you you also quoted George Orwell, 1984, right? The history books being rewritten. And as a history teacher, that must strike home for you as well. As somebody who's been, you know, involved in the study of the history of education and uh, other types of history, and and also even in uh, indigenous education. Yes, and and I use the word truth. Um, I don't really know sometimes what truth is. The Dalai Lama said once that truth is like a crystal; that every side or or facet is part of the whole truth. So what I know, I, and maybe there are 215 dead children murdered by their teachers under an apple, in, you know, the ground in an apple orchard in Kamloops. But there is no evidence of that right now. And without that evidence, I don't think we, we should say to teachers who are dead, that can't come back and defend themselves, that they should be remembered as murderers. And that's, so that's a fundamental principle. That, that I know people are talking about different ways of knowing, but I can't know something that's not true. Right. And then there's an anecdote that I use, and you know, I'm just trying to make it, what I'm saying interesting to, to your viewers, but if I went into a classroom and I've done things like this and said to the first day to my, let's say grade one kids, that I'm the best teacher in Canada. They're really lucky to have me as their teacher. They're only one. They're only six or something. They they wouldn't believe me. They'd go, oh, yeah, sure, Mr. McMurtry. I don't believe you. And then I would go, no, 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 no. I, I am the best teacher in Canada. And then some kid would say, well, where's your proof? How do we know that? In other right. words, this is kids at a young age are already astute enough to know nothing is true unless it's empirical which is yeah. an old word that means testable. So if you're going to tell school children and you're going to tell teachers like me that we have to say this, that teachers murdered 215 other students just in one school, then I think we have the right as students and teachers to say, well, how do we know it's true? You know, if you go into Putin's Russia, you know, you can, you know, you're, you're supposed to say that Ukraine and, and the West invaded Russia and that's why they're, you know, they're, you know, slaughtering so many Ukrainians. But we know that's not true because the evidence is that Russia was, you know, is the aggressor and not Ukraine. So this is the, the thing that I find very difficult is that for me, just wanting to inquire, you know, into it, I, I don't pretend to have all the answers, then, then I'm out of work. And just one other thing about that. So, I, again, I've been featured in all sorts of news stories in the last couple of weeks, and, and I'm grateful for that because it might help me in, in, in being able to restore my job, and probably not. I'm likely never to teach again because no one's going to want to hire a teacher that's fired, which is sad for me because I, you know, I feel that I've been a good teacher and I won two teaching awards, and I only mention that because I, I don't want people to think that I'm no good in the classroom. Um, but, I, but I find it fascinating 
that that I'm being interviewed by people, and not just in Canada about about my firing, and in Abbotsford where I taught and where I gave over so much time because I was always coaching and, and running a green team and wanting to give time to students outside the classroom that nobody knows my story because yeah. the local newspaper, the Abbotsford News, hasn't written about it once. So there's a teacher fired right in one of their schools, right in, right in the community, who's defending Christian churches and Christian teachers whom, whom I believe did, in many cases, well beyond the call of duty because these are people that did it through, you know, as a, as a, for a higher purpose. That, that I'm defending them in Abbotsford, which is supposed to be, you know, people pejoratively say, oh, it's the Bible, Bell, yeah. whatever. It is maybe, you know, the Mennonites that came here long ago, that's an incredible story, you know, about from Kingdom of Poland starting four centuries. Like it's like, like it's a beautiful story about the Christians that have settled in Abbotsford. And here I am coming in and just simply saying, whoa, 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 let's not use them as scapegoats for yeah. all the history's ills. And I get tossed and the good people of Abbotsford aren't even being told by their own newspaper well, that this has happened. Exactly, exactly. And, and I did a search uh, on the Abbotsford News this morning I, I, I did just to see if something had been added because I did the same search a couple of days ago. And still, uh, the latest news about Jim McMurtry is from 2011 and it has absolutely nothing to do with this story at all. And so that... Uh, that to me says something uh, about the state of, of how things are being covered, how things are being reported or not reported. And I, I think it's uh, it's a shameful thing when a story like this is covered on the Epic Times, it's covered in the United States, it's covered in other places. Uh, I, I did another search on the internet and I found articles on, in various places on this story and not to have it covered in the local news. It's very strange. Yeah, and I and I said to you before our show started that that I had my picture um, in the National Post on Saturday um, over top of a letter they had to my wife. <laughs> in other words, the National Post is is giving coverage to my story in ways that it wouldn't ordinarily do to anybody, and yeah. and um, and to be written up by Conrad Black and Barbara Kay and lots of people of of, of note across the land, and, um, and most recently by. Um, in the Dorchester Review by a retired judge, I believe it was probably the Brian Giesbrook um, article, and um, by the former Attorney General of Manitoba wrote about me on the weekend. I've been written about in French newspapers on the weekend. Like everybody's hearing about this case. So what what is truth? If truth is again is is many things, but together it forms a whole truth. So I would think if the Abbotsford News ever writes about me, and in 2009 or whatever it was, and they wrote about me is because of you know, an issue to do with, you know, with bird scaring devices it had nothing to do with me as a teacher. And, and, uh, and I end up winning a case, you know, for, you know, the provincial level for trying to improve the provincial regulation. Like I'm, there's done, done nothing wrong in my life. And here I am fired. So my question is again, it's a rhetorical question because I, I guess I understand your readership or your, your viewership um, can't, can answer this, but why is it that, that everything is silenced? So that's 1984 as well. That, that anything, you know, the best way about anything in the past is, that's not going to work for Big Brother or for the government of the day, the best thing to do is just to make it disappear. So you rewrite history and, or you write out 
the things you don't want in history. And then eventually the main character, Winston Smith, starts to forget about the past because because he, he because he thinks that it wasn't real his own experiences. So my my students in Abbotsford at WJ Moet, they don't know what's happened to me. Maybe some people have found out, but, but probably most of them haven't. Maybe all of them haven't. And they never will. And yeah. and and yet it's happened. It's happened here. So this is this is an Orwellian type nightmare oh. for me that I can't I was never allowed when I was fired. And the process leading up to it, I was never allowed to talk to my students because they say to you right away, we're investigating, you can't talk to anybody. And and then I can't, so I can't talk to students. I couldn't talk to students, to their parents, some of whom I knew, and they were very supportive, um, to my colleagues. Um, I, I just I just went away. I, I don't live in Abbotsford, so I you know went back to my home. And, and I had been here for the last two years, just silently at home, being paid, but not able to teach. And, and what they walked me out for in front of my students, two male principals at Robert Bateman, walked me out at not only of my school for the day, but out of my career, was for saying something that, that, that I knew to be true. And it's right of the Truth and Reconciliation Report. And that is that children that died in these schools, tragically, did so mostly from disease like tuberculosis. Yeah. There is no evidence in any of these schools, uh, over 150 schools, approximately a few, I think it's 141, and, and, and over almost 150 years, there's no evidence of any torture or murder. And four people have only been charged ever, and two of them were indigenous. And, and, and there, were, there certainly were bad things at these schools like at other schools going back in time. Um, but a lot of the abuse was, was student on student. And, and, and a lot of the staff was not Christian. They, yeah. A lot of the people that were, you know, caretakers and cooks and so forth were not, you know, weren't the Christian teachers. So again, I, I just don't understand if, if Christianity is responsible, and this is my view, it doesn't have to be anybody else's, but I've read enough to know that the early schools in Canada in universities, the hospitals, the languages for indigenous people. So much of what made Canada into what it is today was done by Christian missionaries, the Jesuits and the Ursulines and many others afterwards. So I don't understand why I as a teacher should be forced to go into a classroom anywhere, forget Abbotsford, just anywhere in Canada, and say something that disparages the Christian community and goes against the historical record. Right, right. No, and, which and, is, sorry. Yeah, no, continue. No, I, but I, but I, you know, and, 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 uh, and, and so this is, uh, again, I just, if, if, if anything happens from this interview, if, you know, if, if anybody watches it, and I would just want people to walk away with that, why is it? that the only thing that's buried in Kamloops is the truth. That's very well put, very well put indeed. Because, you know, you were speaking about the truth, and I think that's, a, you know, it's kind of a philosophical issue to get into. Uh, you know, Pontius Pilate asked, what is truth? And uh, and people have been asking that question ever since, and before that even. Uh, and uh, and when it comes to the study of history, there are the, the, there are the facts of history, and I think I think we can get a handle on, you know, aspects of that. But it's but it's complex. 
right? The stories are complex. All, all, all history is complex. If you study it, you, you study it from one direction, a social history or a political history or a military history, there's just so much going on. The world is just such an inter, intricate web that you can't get a grasp on everything. So you, you, can, you can see a part of it. Um, and then you can have discussions about, okay, well, why did it happen? So when, when you talk about why things happen, well, I think we can have differences of opinion on that and we can discuss and we can debate. Um, and, and, but we're still dealing with the truth, you know, and it's, uh, and it's, you know, perhaps we don't have the full picture, but we can have a part of the picture and we have evidence, as you mentioned, historical evidence uh, to back that up. So basically what I wanted to ask was, where where has this come from do you think like in in your experience as a teacher have you seen this as a as something that's been growing or something that's uh like a, a movement or or something like that 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 it started out in a certain way and then it just got to this point where now you can't say the truth about certain issues yeah you know they took christianity in many ways out of our schools in canada and uh and they left a vacuum, and it's being replaced by another religion. And I'm going to use the, the word woke because that's the common word. But it's really progressive people and, and, and um, people who I, I think many anyhow are well-intentioned. And they want to create a world that's fair for everybody. And I think that's the, the project. They even call it postmodernism, deconstructionism. You know, this is all from the universities and from philosophers. So the idea, they look at society and what's the one thing that is difficult. And, and, and uh, the one thing that's difficult is that not everybody is equal. And I think, you know, in Canada, we work to have equality before the law and equality in schools and everybody gets to go home for free. But we don't have economic or social equality. And, and so there are good intentioned people in our school system and have been for a long time who want to level everything. They want to make sure in schools, and that's our specific concern. So I'll only use examples with regard to school, where they want to bring in equality. They call it equity, but, they, but it's equality. It's the same as early school reformers in, in Canada. People like, or in the United States like John Dewey, the idea of you put everybody in the same school, in the same school and everybody comes the same. Everybody has the same chances. Everybody ends the same. Everybody gets, you know, whatever. It's just everyone has the same values, the same. And I think that doesn't work. And we, you know, I, this idea because we're all different. And, and, and you know, and, and I don't think that makes her the most beautiful world. The indigenous don't want that. The indigenous didn't like residential schools because it made them, you know, lose their identity and language and culture in, in this and in, in the residential school in, the, in, in Canada became this. So nobody really wants it. So good question. Where does it come from? I think it comes from, again, the good intention of wanting to have equal outcomes for all groups. And, 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 and I don't, I'm not against that. But in schools, it's hard. It's hard for boys and girls to be equal in every way. <laughs> you know, girls tend to be better at English. That's might be my experience. And boys tend to be a little bit better at math or, you know, kicking a soccer ball. And and, 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 you know, even saying that, I'd probably have half my colleagues turn on me saying, oh, you can't say that. You, you got to pretend everybody's the same and all groups are the same. Well, the problem is that that's not true. And it's so evident in schools that there's one group of Canadians that dominate math prizes. 
and that's the Chinese. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and, and we will say Asians, but particularly the Chinese, nobody, no teacher anywhere in Abbotsford, anywhere in Canada is going, okay, everybody else, you know, go, you know, look at your phone. I'm just going to teach math to the Chinese kids so they can get ahead of you guys. In fact, it's the opposite. There's an awful lot of programs in schools designed to help the groups who don't do as well. And there's right. nothing out there to help Chinese kids who come to the country in many cases without even knowing the language. Nobody's helping them get a leg up, helping them succeed. So how do they succeed? They succeed through traditional education, through traditional values. Their parents stay together. They invest a lot in their children. They talk to them. They you know, encourage them to read books and, and work to work hard and so forth. So th there's no surprise why some groups are more successful than others. But there's another dimension to this, you know, this, again, this not just good intentions of, of group equality, which to me is ultimately violence, because, because you, you're always going to be taking from the more successful. So every scholarship you give to an Indigenous child, because they've had fewer, you're taking away from somebody who merited somebody who had better grades or whatever. So it's never, you know, it's not a, it's, a, it's an ugly thing to, to yeah. socially engineer a society in my view. And we saw that again in, in, you know, communist societies where this was tried in the last century. But there's another, another thing to it, which I, I think is really important is that I think there are people at the top of all institutions, starting with our prime minister, but this is all around the world. So I'm not going to pin this only on Justin Trudeau. But I think they want to find out, you know, what they can do to get into places of higher position and, and salary and to stay there. And I think it's the phenomenon of virtue signaling. So I can tell you, Jim, that I have done all I care so much about, you know, starving children in Africa, but I haven't done anything for them. Right. But, but I've made that impression and people might go, oh, look, he really cares about the children in Africa. And so this is this is that idea. So I think this part of the psychology. First of all, what you do is you say how bad it was before you were in office. So Trudeau gets into office and he says how Canada was systemically racist and we were terrible in our treatment of indigenous people. And we, you know, we just were guilty of all sorts of discrimination against the Japanese and the Chinese and the Sikhs and on and on and on. And you kind of wonder why anyone would want to come to Canada. And then he goes, but it's going to be better under me. Watch. So I'm going to give advantages, affirmative action policies. I'm going to hire all the people I'm going to appoint are going to be hired on the basis of outward characteristics. You know, it doesn't matter if you're good for the job. It matters what your, your skin color is or your religion or your gender or your gender preferences. And, and, and anyhow, so that's the whole wokeism. And if anything happens in schools that goes against that, goes against this idea of lifting up all the groups that have been in the past, you know, less successful for one reason or another, then, then, then it's important to, to note um, that, that people are going to get really upset with it because it is the people at the top. They're not people in, in Abbotsford School District. They're not saying at the end of the school year, look how many Chinese students we got into getting a mark of A in math because so many of them do get mar marks of A in math. And so that's not, that's not a goal. But the goal is to take the groups who are less successful in, 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 in our school system and say, look how many indigenous children or black children or children whose you know, family income is below you know, this. Look how many of them are now graduating from our schools. Look how many of them are getting scholarships. Look how many of them are getting the best jobs in society. And so I think you know, there's that. You know, we, we have in schools, there are many, many schools in, in Abbotsford 
their teacher is giving every single child an A. And there's, there's classes where they're not even giving them essays, where they're not giving them tests. So they're not, they're not even, they're just, they're no, no grades. It's just simply, you know, proficient or whatever, or ahead. Right. It's this idea that everyone's successful. And then they say, look, everybody's graduating and everybody's great. And almost everybody's getting an A and look, education is getting in better and better. But it's not. We're just going right. away from academic values. Yeah, you brought the level down to such an extent. Everybody's successful, but what are they actually successful at? That's exactly. the question. Yeah, yeah. So that that basically you you see this problem or you know the problem that led to your firing as being something far broader than merely this issue. But this issue is a microcosm. Um, right. That, that that's this inaccurate reflection of larger society. A teacher says something that he's not supposed to say, and he says it because he is obliged to do so by his own profession. Yeah. You know, professional obligation. That right. you, if I were teaching one of your, you know, one of your children, you wouldn't want me to be saying, "Oh, in math class, you know, two plus two is five. You would say, Mr. McMurtry, why are you saying that? Because the established fact is it's four. So, so this to me, I can't go with in good conscience and say to students that, that Christian teachers in, in Kamloops murdered their students in, in, in a large number. And of course, and they were not just in Kamloops, but all over the country. I, I wasn't able to do that. And I, right. and I paid with my job for that. So, so why are we creating a society that in some ways is totalitarian, meaning there's only one truth. And if you step out of that, then, then, then you're going to be punished. It's also like an abusive relationship. They, my employer kept saying to me, look, if you speak about this, you know, because they asked me not to talk to anybody and part of my being fired has to do with telling the truth. But another part is after the fact that I, eventually went to the media and I'm going speaking to you right now. So um, it's the idea that, you know, I revealed what's happening, but the abuse relationship is where the victim can't say anything, can't get out from underneath that because if the victim says something it's going to get worse. Yes. They're going yeah, to right. double, they're going to double down. And that's what happened with me. It just, the punishments got worse. First I was off for a few days and then, you know, then seven months and then, and then eight months, and then now my job is gone, and and they're going to take it. And not and then the regulatory body in BC is going to take away my license. I'm I'm convinced, all because I'm I'm sticking to my educational principles, which yeah. is and and I don't pretend to know anything because I outside of my lived experience, but if I'm going in front of students and I'm saying there's six million children died in the Holocaust, and somebody in the class says no, it was four million, or somebody else says it was twelve. I'm going to look at them and I'm going to say, no, it was six. And the kid's going to, someone's going to say to me, how do you know that, Mr. McMurtry? Who are you to say? And I'll say, I don't know on my own, but I'm well read. Right. And I'm credentialed. And I have, and, and the profession itself gives credence to establish facts, things that can be tested. So if it's and out there of the are, textbook. Are, sorry, sorry for interrupting. And there are, and there are sources to which you go to find out that information, which is available, right? When you talk yeah, and about- if I'm wrong, And if I'm wrong, Jim, and I'm, and, and I'm, 
and I am wrong from time to time, less wrong today as a teacher because I, I know my subjects better. But when you're a young teacher, you go, oh my gosh, you know, you get lots of questions that you don't really know the answer to. And you, and, um, but what I gained over time, you know, as I became more knowledgeable in my in areas of teaching is, is humility is, is that, you know, you've heard this adage about sometimes the, the, the older you get, the less you realize, you know, and, you know, teenagers should be running the world because they know everything and, and they'll soon, as soon as become adults, they'll realize they don't know everything. Yeah. And so, so that's it. So I went to the truth and reconciliation report and, and I read disease, but I already had read that before. And then I've read many early Canadian historians. And anyhow, so I'm informed in the subject and, and, um, and I have a doctor before my name. So I, you know, I, I, I think I can say to students without being discreditable that, that, you know, they died from disease. But as they said, I was walked out of my school and career for doing so. Yes. And, and, and ultimately that's what, what I was saying earlier is that's part of a, a bigger picture. Like, like you said, it's a microcosm of what's happening in the school system and in society as a whole. And uh, that, that's why I think it's such a, such a very vitally important story and a story that needs to get out. But I, I, I wanted to, uh, to ask you because, because people who say things like you say, um, you know, in religious terms, you would be called a heretic, uh, but you're you're called a denier or a denialist, and that's that that's the kind of language that's being used. You're a, you're a, a residential school denier. I'm wondering what you think about that kind of terminology. When I, I love, that. I'm going to come back to that, but I I've read um, Nathaniel Hawthorne's The Scarlet Letter. Mm -hmm. I feel that I'm going to have for the you know, if I'm ever out applying for jobs, or if I ever manage to get a job again, I'm going to have not an A, but I'm going to have an F, wearing a fired, and 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 stay away from me, yeah. and and um and 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 yes, um and uh, the Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson, the beautiful, brilliant British comic, you know, he's talked about this new culture that we have of cancer culture and mob attacks. He said he says the equivalent of a of a medieval mob out in the street looking for someone to burn. And, and so it's, it's really, you know, quite remarkable for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the, all the dynamics that, that are um, behind it. And, and um, so I, you know what, I, I think I didn't answer your question directly. <laughs> no, that's fine. I think I, I talked about what you know being called a denier or a denialist. Yeah, and and I can I refer. You know, I'm just sorry. I'm just sorry. I, you know, this you know, I'm this hasn't been easy for me. You know, I'm still living the fact that I don't have an income right now, and and I'm trying to sort things out. And and life isn't easy for me. My wife can't work because of cancer, and and so there's dimensions to my story that which is part of my story, which I think is all right to say that it's not a good idea to go around and take away someone's livelihood for telling students the truth. And that's been happened. But it's even worse to use the word denier. And the reason being for me, Jim, and you're a more learned man than I am, but this is my own perspective. The, you know, there were, you know, the Jewish population in the world lost a race, lost a third of its people in what happened in Nazi Germany in the Holocaust. And, and so when people are, you know, to deny that, it's a pretty, 
you know, to deny that is a pretty awful thing. And there was a teacher that did that in the 80s, and he lost his job in a hurry named Jim Keegstra in, in Ackville, Alberta. So I'm a seeing, and I've been called a denier in 2023. But I have great regard for all communities. And if anything, I care more about the underdog than the overdog. I, I have great fondness of many of the indigenous children I've taught, also of Jewish children. So, so it doesn't seem right to me when people use just to, 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 we in Canada are supposed to consider that we've had a genocide when we haven't. And a genocide requires not just mass murder, it requires the intention for mass murder. And there's no evidence of, of course, either. Right. But what it does is it takes away a little bit or a lot from real genocides. Yeah. And, and, and so to equate, it's a false equivalency, but it's also grotesque to me when you think of little children being gassed and put in ovens and, and you know, and as many as one and a half million Jewish children met their death that way. To compare what happened to the Jews, to, to, to kids getting an education, a free education that their parents in most part wanted. Up until 1959, there was an assembly of, of First Nations in Canada, I can't remember the exact name, that was petitioning the government for more residential schools. Because the Indigenous community, the elders realized long ago that the way for their children to make it in this world was through more education and not less. And, and um, so not that the schools, they want, you know, I, I'm not, again, not apologizing to this guy, simply saying is they want an education. And there's no Aboriginal person or Indigenous person I've ever met or heard about who's saying today in 2023, our children should not go to a Canadian school. They're all going to Canadian schools today. So, so there's, there is this recognition that an education is the right for everyone. And, and, and so to be calling me a denier for simply wanting to take the, to, to, to defend, you know, the, the dead, the, 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 the women and men in, in the school in Kamloops, who again, who is part of their, their life purpose, you know, for very little money, went into the, into, you know, the rough and tumble wilderness of Canada, because Kamloops is kind of surrounded by wilderness. And back in the day, it would have been very much wilderness. Doing that to, to, to paint them in, in this awful way just seems to me was wrong. So I'm not a denier. And, and yeah. if you were to say to me, Jim, and, and you're a very nice man, so I know we'll never we could disagree and all sorts of things. We'd still be very friendly with each other. But if you were to say to me, oh, by the way, Jim, you're wrong. They just found out, you know, they just dug today in Kamloops and they found these graves and you're wrong. I would say, Jim, um, thank you for providing me with that information. And I'm, um, and I, and I will have crack my views. Right. No, exactly. Exactly. With, with, uh, with the evidence in hand. But I think, you know, I think what you say is, is spot on. You talk about, and, and that's really why I brought it up, the word denier, you know, when you become a denier, you're immediately become the equivalent of a, you know, who are the, the, the prime deniers, Holocaust deniers. And, and it's, it's part of that, it, it's painting you with that brush in the first place. And then on the other side, when you have the, the whole language of genocide, and even cultural genocide, which becomes another kind of genocide, it's it's uh, it, to me it's an example, you know, at the very least of of language inflation, right? You, when you uh, when you have a when you have a cup of tea, 
and you say, you know, this cup of tea is just out of this world, excellent, outstanding. And it's a good cup of tea, don't get me wrong, but it's not that. But on a, on a more, much more serious level, I mean, this is just, uh, you know, making light of it, but we, I shouldn't even make light of it because on a much more serious level, that that kind of language inflation saying that this is a genocide makes it the equivalent of that. And that becomes diminished because of what they're saying about this. Yeah, and, and, and to say something controversial, not only do I do I don't like the term cultural genocide, but I'm not even sure it was culturally wrong to give indigenous children an education. You know, I recognize with an education that one loses. And you know, I you know, I my family back in time spoke Gaelic and you know had Scottish dances and you know and ate haggis and like you know I recognize that my culture from long ago is gone and then part of that is because mainstream Canadian society and mainstream schools and all that they kind of you know anyhow I'm I'm we're speaking we become conformist to some extent the melting pot but that doesn't mean that it's wrong for us to fit into the modern world and to learn English and to know how to use a cell phone and drive a car. And, and uh, it doesn't, you know, yes, we're going to, there's loss, there's cultural loss, but I don't think it's necessarily wrong for everybody to be equipped for survival in the 20 and then indigenous in the, from the 21st century. And you've got indigenous communities that don't have clean water, that have drug and addiction problems that have dysfunctional you know, family relationships, there's too many people in the house, mom and dad are, you know, fighting or there's just, you know, there's all sorts of problems. There's no uh, jobs for young people, you know, in isolated communities. Like there's so many things that need to be addressed. Instead, what we're doing, we're we're this mass distraction over a, a false, an apocryphal story from the past, instead of addressing the real thing. So Jim, I could just come back very selfishly about about the Abbotsford situation again, just trying to tie things together. This is, mm-hmm. you know, my brain isn't all that big. And so I just want to, this is what I do with students, to try and to wrap things up for me. And then it helps them to wrap things up. So coming back to, and I, I just love listening to you, by the way. And, and I hope that some of your viewers will enjoy listening to me because even though I'm not teaching anymore, I kind of feel that you've given me an opportunity to, still be a bit of a teacher. So I'm very appreciative to you. But what you, you talked about truth and reconciliation. You know, that's the macrocosm. You know, it's not just me and, and you know, in my school, but, you know, the whole society. Well, yeah, but what is it about the whole society um, when, when, when we're looking at something important, which is to try and, you know, help Indigenous people, you know, manage better, less suicide and, and you know, more whatever, you know, more, more better vaccinations for it, whatever it is that the issue is, you know, there's, there's no recreational facility in the, you know, in the community. Like these are things that you, for young people, this is the things that you want to be focusing on. So let's come back, if I may, to truth and reconciliation. Now, I don't even believe in the word reconciliation because I don't think anything's broken. I think that's all part of the official narrative, the smoke and mirrors of, you know, things are so terrible and we've been so terrible to indigenous people, we got to win them back. That's Trudeau talking. I think Trudeau should just go back to being a drama teacher where you can be histrionic and you use the word inflation, where you can be, in, you know, 
everything you can do can be conceit and air and, and inflated and, and theatrical and that's fine. But I don't think the reconciliation, because I think Canada has worked very hard, not only to give a lot of money in the form of reparation in the hundreds of billions, if you total it all up over the last couple of decades, but, but I think most Canadians are decent people and already have treated people who are different fine. So I don't believe in the reconciliation at all. I think that's again, just, you know, government propaganda, like in, you know, in 1984, again, you know, ignorance is truth and, and war is peace and all that kind of stuff. I just, you know, anyhow, the government's the government and it wants to be reelected and it will do all make, make up all sorts of stories, such as the truckers that went to Ottawa were Nazis and racist yeah. and misogynist. So, so, but, but the, um, but just saying it, so let's, I may come back to truth. And I, and I said to you, and I know you agree with me that my truth might be different than your truth on, on certain things, but together we've had a conversation for a little while now and we're, we're kind of, we're kind of in a, together. I really get a sense from you. Maybe that's just your nature of being, well, making people feel good. But I, I, would think defi- I, would, I would define it differently. I, w- I wouldn't say that my truth and your truth are different. I would say, I would say there is one truth. And so, so I would, I would differ with you on that, that there's one truth and we may have different opinions on certain things. We may have different beliefs about certain things, but there, there still remains the truth. We may not have a complete handle on it, each one of us, but what remains is truth. Well, but I like, okay, I, I, I like what you're saying. What I mean is. I meant really opinions. So, so look, I, I might, okay. I, yeah. I, I might like, you know, winter because I'm a skier and you might prefer summer because yeah. you're a sailor. Well, I'm just saying, we don't really look at the world with different people in this exact same way. There's cat people and there's dog people. And, and, you know, there's just, yeah, that's just, exactly how it is. Exactly. yeah. And, and it doesn't mean mm-hmm. we can't get along, but, but I, from the no, first absolutely. time I, or, I, or if I could, if I could add something to that, it doesn't mean that we can't debate. If I disagree with you on something, I should be able to disagree with you and say that without without somebody thinking that I hate you. Because I don't, that like, and, and I'm, I'm sure, I know there's things that I disagree with you on, uh, and, and, I, and I'm sure of that. But that absolutely does not mean that I hate you. And if I, if I express that, no, I disagree with that. Well, why? Well, because of such and such and such. And then you can say back, well, no, what about this? And then I could say something back. It used to be called debate. And they used, and it was, and it was an oh. art form. The art well, of exactly. disagreeing with something and still getting along. Like my grandmother, yeah. you know, was probably the most influential one of both grandmothers were really influential in my life and wonderful women. We didn't agree on much. So we yeah. stayed away from a lot of different issues and, and much of it was generational. You know, I just, anyhow, we, and, we just stayed group at different times and anyhow, like my one grandma didn't want me to marry anybody that wasn't, you know, United church <laughs> and, you know, anyhow, so it's just different time. And, yeah. and, and, but, but I love them. And, and I, and I crossed the bridge of the generations and, and of their own upbringings and whatever. And I found things that, really brought us together. So this is the, the final point that, you know, if I try, if, again, this is me as a simple-minded teacher, just trying to wrap it up for kids as they walk out of the door 
So they won't go home to their mom and dad who will say, what did you learn in class today? Nothing. So this is why teachers repeat themselves, right? That, that uh-huh. here is my issue in, in chatting with you today. And that is, and I, and I just love being with you, but you are a proponent of debate, of openness, of trying to together struggle with our own limitations and trying to find out that truth. And there is actually, of course, a truth about what took place in residential schools. There, there is a truth and then there's a lot of untruths. Yes. So I certainly love your language. So my frustration, Jim, is that not only am I fired from my job, but my students will know, will never think of me as anything but that teacher that needed to be fired. And there's all these rumors circulating about me. So why is it that Abbotsford, the community in 2022, which is not meaning a statement about any one person, and I know it's a wonderful community in many ways, but why is why ha, have the good people of Abbotsford allowed the local newspaper to not give allow me to debate that the, the, what they've done in this whole woke indoctrination of taking kids some of them they're giving pu- puberty blockers and and or cutting off body parts one Abbotsford mother said to me a week ago I mentioned this to you I believe that her daughter you know in an Abbotsford school has a lot of girlfriends four of them are transitioning into becoming male so why and all these books that have gone and and then again teachers who have can't talk about history as it was and 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 so why is it that not only is the school board allowed to get away with this and not just habits you're all across the land but why is the local newspaper i'm being written about in the prince george newspaper i'm being written about in Vancouver Sun had an article. I've been written about all across the country and into the U.S. and many different places. But in the community of Abbotsford, where I, for you know, better part of four years, did my best to to be a good teacher, and where those students did their best to try and make a connection with me. Why is there no debate? Why is there no discussion? Why is Jim McMurtry just get liquidated like Winston Smith? What I mean yeah. liquidated mean puff, gone, no gone, trace. Yeah. You can't find my name in the local newspaper and, 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 and nothing like it never happened. There is a teacher who's well qualified, who, who has a good history, never being disciplined before. You can find that all that. Nothing but positive about him and a nice person who raises three children to be successful. All three of my children are lawyers. They haven't committed crimes. They haven't you know they've been you know committed themselves to helping the community why is it that i just go without without you know is without anybody saying and so that's the thing that that if any good comes out of um this situation for me in abbotsford and right now there's nothing because you're the only person in abbotsford that's reached out to me so you, my heart man is just uh, so full of warmth toward you um but why i hope your viewers ask themselves why is it that, that, that my employer, the Abbotsford School District, is able to make me disappear? Exactly. That doesn't mean I'm, exactly. I'm right. What if I'm wrong? What if I was wrong? They should and still know it. If there's a teacher in the system who was doing the wrong thing and saying the wrong things and we got rid of him for these reasons, then people still have a right to know that. Yeah, yeah. But just to disappear me, just to make me vanish, 
I think that is, that is again, the classic Orwellian nightmare. That's very scary indeed. Absolutely. It's, it, it, it your name gets erased. So that's not going to, that's not, that's it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they want it to happen, but it, it, you know, we're not going to let it happen. So that's, uh, <laughs> one of one of the things that one of one of the good parts about doing uh speaking with you this afternoon i think it's uh it's very important and that's really why i wanted to do it but i think we've we've just about i think we've just about been talking for an hour now uh and i could probably go oh, on yeah, and, I, and, I, <laughs> oh no pro, no problem because i'm i'm uh it's it's been beneficial for me and i'm sure it's beneficial for uh, the people watching and listening too so i'm i'm very happy with that but i wanted to i wanted to just uh, kind of conclude we we spoke last last week briefly on the phone prior to doing this, and one of the things that you mentioned was talking about uh, Christians, and uh, the vast majority of the people who watch me are are and and listen to the podcast are Christian people, um, and what you know, and, and you 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 actually uh, wrote a tweet about this on Twitter as well. Is that Christians, Jews, Muslims, Sikhs need to understand this that that there is a this new religion that is is uh, is taking control here and and I that that's one thing I really appreciate about what you've said is the fact that you do recognize the religious nature of this you know for want of a better term this wokeness. And that there is a there is a very much a worldview religious issue at play here. Yeah, it's um, hard left. It's hard left. It's it's um, you know it relates to things that I think are 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 unscientific, such as there aren't boys and girls now. Apparently, those they don't exist anymore. We're just you know in a continuum of whatever. Like you know there it's 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 a religious thing. It's a worldview. It's controlling children's minds. And I hope that one thing that, that resonates about my story, Jim, and why I might, you know, not completely disappear, not, and thank to the, to the media and people like you for, you know, keeping my existence, you know, tenuous as it is, still, still alive, that my father um, was the Chief Justice of Ontario, Attorney General, Solicitor General, Ambassador to, to, to Britain for Canada. He had all sorts of big roles. In other words, I don't come from a family uh, people who are against the country or against any grouping of people. I come from a family that are proud Canadians and, and I don't understand why the people that are, that are controlling and manipulating children in our schools, but apart from all the other stuff going against, you know, Christian theology, which it, to me is fundamental to the foundation of the, the Western, you know, the modern world, but, but, but they're going against their, our own us they're going against taxpayers they're going against canadians they're making everything look bad and they're going to come in here and they have the answers and they're going to lead like the pied piper they're going to lead our children away from the synagogue and the church and the gurdwara and the mosque and they're going to take them into this paradise this marxist paradise where everybody ends up equally and everything's fine because no one's thinking for themselves. Nobody's reading literature. Nobody's able to, as you say, debate. And the people at the top are very happy to have that because they can take advantage of us. And, and so what we're moving us toward is an authoritarian regime. 
it's it's not healthy for Canada. And and so I, I'm just thinking that yeah, it's just me. I'm a nobody. But but I'm being written about by lots of people and, and I'm you know, Conrad Black has been such a pillar of the Canadian media establishment for a long time. He's when it started the National Post. He called me an anti-woke hero. I'm not a hero, but I have done some one thing right, Jim, and I did it unwittingly. I'm sort of like somebody who's watching a play and has to go to the bathroom or something and gets up in the dark and wanders around and can't and goes out the wrong door and ends up on stage and in the bright lights going, what the heck? And people are looking to me and saying, hey, you're, you're doing the right thing, man. You're standing up against these changes in our society, pretending that Christians are you know, are, are murderers and, and, um, you know, white people are, you know, are, are racist and, and, um, and, and literature is bad. And, 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 and I, I'm not in those things, but, but since I'm on the stage by accident, I, I'm, I'm going to, to do one, the one thing I have the power to do. And, and I'm inspired by Rex Murphy and, uh, who I think is a great Canadian. Mm-hmm. And he said, when they almost took his job away for going against this, this new, cult this new religion uh which again to me is is said is not a good religion it's not good for schools and it's a violation not only traditional values and christian values and and religious values but of academic values and 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 um, rex murphy said um in this one article and it really changed me as a person and and i and i think i will remember it for the rest of my days and and that is he wrote because his own editors were wanting to fire him at the National Post because he came in defense of things like the teachers, the white Christian teachers of residential schools. And um, he said, you know, that in many ways he probably was wrong with what he was saying. And, and he just sort of wrote for about three quarters of the article about he understands other people's point of view and he didn't want to offend anybody. And, you know, he recognizes that you know, that he himself is limited and all that kind of stuff. And then he builds up and he said, but everything I wrote, every sentence, every word, every letter, every punctuation mark, even the spaces in between, I stand by. That's me. A teacher doesn't lie to students about the past. The people in the future have a right to know history as it was. Well, not as people are rewriting it to be and not to be and not be to be intimidated into shutting up or to going along to get along. Right. And, and, and I think I think this is largely what happens. People get intimidated uh, because there is a, you know, this, this virtual mob that's out there. Uh, they get intimidated into silence to not speaking out or they imagine that somehow they can kind of wiggle their way through without really speaking out or without really letting their real self be known or their real opinions or uh you know any any kind of uh opposite uh belief or opinion or understanding of certain things and so that's the- do you do you actually do you actually think it's possible to to maneuver in the system such as it is uh, and kind of go under the radar, like you as, a, as an individual who, who didn't agree with this and who spoke out. You, you could have just said, you know, gone along with it and not said anything, right? And but, that, would but, have been a way for, that would have been a way for you to keep the peace. 
But that's how he would have survived Nazi Germany, Jim. But, that, you know, that's but, exactly but, but most Germans, so that's the only comparison to Nazi Germany, not not the genocide, because we didn't have a genocide in Canada. That, that's just, you know, that's that's a, you know, um, you know, a, 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 a libel that I think should should never be made. But but in Germany during the Second World War, we know that most Germans were good people, because we know most people anywhere are good people. So why did that? Why did they allow that to happen? And they, for the, what you just said, you're right on. That you know, it, it's it's not easy to speak up against something that that could destroy you. And teachers don't want to lose their career, don't want to lose their salary. Teachers don't want to be me. And and so I don't think the goal should be to find a way in the system to speak out against, you know, the, the a totalitarian force. I think this is my view, and 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 I know teachers going out of necessity at this time. They can't. They're going to have to find a way because because otherwise, going to lose their job. But I think the goal, and I know you're in, in agreement with me, the goal should be, and as soon as possible, and I say right now, this instant, that people, and if there's enough of us, it's like a house of cards. It's going to collapse like that. Enough of us just stay. Stop. Stop. We need to debate this. We need to ask ourselves, are schools better by getting rid of the literature? Are schools better by having kids in grade one talking about, um, you know, sexual practices and, and, and questioning their orientation and, and questioning the traditional family and questioning their religion and questioning, you know, anyhow, it just, is any of this right? That, that's the first thing. And then, then the teachers should be able to return to what we had in schools where we had debate and teachers weren't afraid to, to speak out. And I know German people, and I've met many who lived through the Second World War, and I've asked them this, you know, people older than I, of course, and older than my father. And because um, my father was 13 when the Second World War was over, but he lived in a Jewish neighborhood in Toronto called Forest Hills. And he remembered how devastated all his friends were when they heard about all the how their whole families are being had been exterminated in Germany, and and um, you know so and of course everyone's asking the same thing why why was this allowed to happen why didn't why didn't people stop Hitler and 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 so you know that's another dimension I get that but this is serious too it's not it's not people being put in ovens but it's kids being taken away from their families. They're, they're being taught in schools right now to distrust the, 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 what the parent has built up with his or her child, which is not to talk about sex or to change one's body or to be thinking about what your, your sexual preferences or, or fetishes are. When you're in elementary school, it's not to be thinking about things that are dark, like, like children dying you know, in, a, in any school you know, a hundred years ago is to go to school and make friends and play baseball afterwards and, and, you know, do your best in art class. Why, why, why can't we have that again? And trust that parents are, um, have a valuable lesson morally for children. And what they're doing is they're undercutting that saying your, your parents are wrong in something like homosexuality. You, you as a parent, you might, might be a parent who's saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm, it's not something that I approve of. If a child says that in the classroom, the child could be walked out of the classroom. 
And, I, and I'm thinking, well, whatever my one's opinion on homosexuality is, they, they, they don't have, they're not all the same in this world. So, so yes, respect people who are different, respect people who are homosexual, but that doesn't mean that you have to have every child walking around like a zombie thinking, thinking like what these woke priests want you to think, which is, you know, down with heterosexuality and up with, you know, with, you know, all sorts of other types of sexuality. Any, any multitude of different types rather than that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, that's exactly right. And, uh, I think when you, when you think about, you know, the role of parents and, and this leads us off into another, uh, another direction, but I mean, the role of the role of parents in bringing up their children, uh, and the educational system and, and the, the idea, and, and I know, uh, hearing about the, the various educational education programs is that the idea the, the growing idea is that the system knows better than the parents do. So, okay, can I ask, can I piggyback on that? On that, yeah. that in, the, in the recent election for trustees in Abbotsford, and you can cut this out if you want, because it's, a, I don't know if it's the right thing to say or, or not, but it's something I wanted to say. There were people that were running on the banner of, of for a bigger role for parents in education. I can't remember yeah. the name yes. of it. Yeah, I remember, I, I remember that, yes. Yeah. And two of them got elected. Yeah, and anyhow, so uh -huh. they recognize good people, good people got elected because they recognize that, that the children's, people are sending their children to school to be hijacked, to be captured yeah. by these, these hard left ideologues who don't even actually believe in this. They're just wanting to find a way to make themselves look, you know, virtuous. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and so I really hoped when I went to my disciplinary meeting a week and a half ago, that I wasn't going to be fired because the issues that I'm speaking to, some of the trustees that were in the room were also speaking to during the, during the election. And, and, and I still lost my job. So I'm not saying anything against anyone, because I believe, I don't know, no one's telling me anything, um, but, but I probably a split decision. But isn't that interesting that, that I'm not alone in Abbotsford. There, there's even trustees, but they can't speak up. Yeah. Because this is what happens. If you're in a body anywhere and, 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 and there's somebody stronger, again, that abusive relationship, if somebody's stronger than you, you know, sort of the, the trustees that are already in office and they know the ropes and they know they have the connections or whatever, and they're closer to the people in the, you know, school district offices, whatever it is, whatever it is, there's a dynamic there. But what I'm saying to you and what you're saying is shared probably by the vast majority of people in Abbotsford. So, but, but, but I still got fired yeah. Yeah. by, by trustees. They signed off including the ones that might have put up a nice, you know, said a nice word about me and, and even voted not to have me fired, but they still signed off on my being terminated and, 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 and forever canceled because no one's going to hire me at age 64 as a teacher that's fired. So they've ended my career. And yet I know probably everyone in that room, you know, if you really tested them, they would go, well, you're, you're kind of right. 
Yeah. But they're yeah. just so caught up in, in the roles they're playing in their own, as I said, their own performance of, of being for black kids or indigenous kids or for poor kids or for, or for girls or for transphobic or trans sexual children or for mm-hmm. they lost sense of, of, of what, of what, what is of the vital values of our democracy. Right. Right. And what's worth standing up for and not go, not just going with the flow. See, the thing is at this point, you got, you have nothing to lose now at this point, right? Cause you've lost your job. So, it's, but, but it, it, it was what you did that left led you to lose your job. And, but, yes. you know, these guys, they might think, well, you know, we have something to lose because we have this position. So, you know, we're, we're, we might lose our job if we do this or whatever. But I think if you're going to be true to your principles, you have to do that. You have to do what you did. Do you know who I and, finally and, and, feel that I've become in a small way? My grandmother, my, my father's mother used to talk about the, the, the book and film Goodbye, Mr. Chips. And when he was a teacher, he never married, never had his own children. And on his deathbed, somebody said to him, he was so loved by, you know, his school. So it's a shame, you know, he overheard someone saying, and it's a shame Mr. Chips never had his own children. He would have been a wonderful father. And there's this old teacher on his deathbed overhearing this and sitting up and going, what do you mean? I never had children. And he starts recalling the names of all the students he had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and to me, I've had a whole career and I've done things that I've been recognized for and, and, and being successful in various ways. And so I think and kids saying nice things to me. But, you know, at the end of my in my days, and if I look back at my life and my career, this is the moment that I'm going to be most proud of. Yeah, yeah. Because because I have done something. Again, I walked onto a stage by accident, uh-huh. but I've done something. I've got national attention. I've got all hundreds of people. I've got thousands following me on Twitter. I've got hundreds of people who have written to me in the last week and a half. And I'm, and I'm thinking I've done good. Yes. I've done the one thing that Mr. Chips did. Yes. I have been true to my role as a teacher. And it, and it, and it cost you. But it doesn't matter. I know. And the, yeah, that matters in that way. Sure. Yeah. But it doesn't matter in the end. When the end, oh, when I, you know, on my deathbed, I'm going to be saying, I did something of value. Yeah. And, and I, and, 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 and if I can have any influence and I think I've had some, and there are people who are of course, much more significant than I, you know, fighting, you know, um, against, you know, whatever tyranny is out there, but the, the, um, but I think in a small way by being fired, if I hadn't been fired, I wouldn't be getting this stage. Um, but, but by being fired, I have made a difference for a number of teachers and hopefully a number of students in the years to come, that some of what's being done in recent years in schools is going to come to an end. Yes, absolutely. And may your tribe increase. Well, thank you. And, and, and it doesn't matter, but it would help me right now if it did, because then I'd have more influence. Yes. But I, 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 um, my goal is, is just to 
you know, it's it really it transcends self, and that's the that's the whole Christ thing. Yeah. Um, you know that I um the, the example you know people you know, refer to him as the first socialist, which you know people affirm in lots of different ways in schools and so forth. And 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 I and I and I try and I unpack that. You know, I remember a teacher saying it to me, and I and I unpack that as going, well, yeah, he's the first person in history that that I learn about who lived for something other than himself. Uh-huh. I can't think of somebody. You know, there were you know as I learned, you know, there were Socrates and 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 of course more recently, you know, Sir Thomas More and all. There's all sorts of great people in history, Gandhi and so forth. And, and Martin Luther King, there's all sorts of Martin Luther, all sorts of great people in time. But 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 that that's the, the power of of of, you know, this man that lived long ago in Nazareth and and, uh, you know, that Jesus of Nazareth, that he taught people just to that maybe there's more value in life in, in living for others and living for oneself. Yeah. Very good. Right. And I don't know if I'm saying it right, and I'm speaking to a well, pastor. Who, you know, you know, than yeah. I. no, and I, I think, uh, you know, like I said, we could speak for another. Now, now I think we could add that on. We could speak for another two hours. <laughs> <laughs> but I think your point is well taken uh, in terms of, you know, what what is this life for? Right? What's the pur- what's the purpose of it? And uh, and I think uh, the fact that we don't live for ourselves is uh, is one of the central one of these central parts of a, of a Christian ethic. So anyways, that's uh, uh, a good way, a good way to conclude. So uh, Mr. McMurtry, how can people get in touch with you or how can they follow you or find you on, uh, I know you have Twitter. Yes. I, the easiest is Twitter. Um, and, and I'm can be found. I'm James underscore Walter zero one. And I think, um, you found me on Twitter. Did you find me on Twitter? That's I can't. Where I, that's, that's where I found you. I found you on Twitter. Yeah, so. yeah. So, yeah. so you would have my, you know, my contact there. And that's if you were to, you know, put it on a screen or something, that would that would help me. Okay. Because so I because I that. because I put on my profile, and you already said that you looked through my profile, that yes. I have written, uh, I've told a lot about my story, and 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 so if anyone's interested, you know, I can't. You know, I can't do it in one email. I'm being so busy lately. Um, but I can, but I told my story in, at length on my profile, on my Twitter profile. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and for, for those of you who, who want more information, uh, by all means, check out Jim's uh, Twitter, Twitter uh, profile in the post because, uh, as he said, there's a lot of stuff there. So very good. So check uh, Dr. McMurtry out on, uh, on Twitter. And uh, Jim, it's been really good having you with me. I, I thank you for spending this time. Jim, it's been an absolute pleasure for me. Marvelous. And uh, yeah, I wish you uh, the Lord's blessings and uh, in everything that, that comes your way. And uh, I do hope, uh, and I, I always conclude my episodes with uh, the words of Daniel 11, verse 32, because that's the, the name of the podcast, Daniel 11, verse 32. The people who know their God will stand firm and take action. And, uh, and I hope that for all of those who are watching and listening that, uh, that this episode has been helpful for you in that way. So on, until next time.